Om Mangalam Gurudevaya Devye Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Vrindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Om Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharam Ajamam Ashmaracharam Prayantam Vande Gurum Parambaram Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Mahishwaraha Guru Reva Param Brahman Tasmai Sri Guru Venama Tasmai Sri Guru Venama Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Bhyonama We're a little small crowd, I think, because of the holiday weekend also. But I know some people online are watching and have requested actually that it's good to record this particular discussion. We were, we finished Sami Vivekananda's Bhakti Yoga last week. And so we're thinking we, now it's time we can go back to our old cycle of um, the Kali Sasranama and the uh, Hirman Bhagavatam, Krishna Lila, Childhood Lila, which we maybe we'll start. But because of yesterday's program, today's home puja, <laughs> there's no chance, both of those require a little bit of preparation. I mean, everything requires preparation, but more than we could do. Fairly and to do it properly. So I was thinking this morning what, should, what, what, what we had time to do. And one person online, uh, he's request, he said he watches the pujas, satsangs and pujas. And watching the pujas, he's, you know, he says, what are we doing? He said, we'd like to follow along a little bit. And we've done, we've kind of gone, done this in the, many, many, many years ago. But I don't think we have recordings of it, so it may not be bad that we record a little bird's eye view of the, um, of the Kali Puja. Because we're a small group, people can talk also. I mean, if you have any questions or discussion, you know, otherwise they just get going. But, and so this isn't a puja class. You know, when we do a puja class, we go mantra by mantra. And I've been doing that a lot lately, so maybe it's the ideas are buzzing in my head. We've been discussing puja with Ananda and, and others. Uh, and usually, I, 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 usually when we teach puja, we do it one-on-one. I kind of teach, I believe it's taught this way, it's taught like this, but generally can be discussed, so it could be interesting. Not much fun. Okay. So in the, 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 uh, uh, so I'm just going to go, I'll just bird's eye view a little bit through this, uh, the puja that we're doing here, the, we call it the Nitya Kali Puja, here at Kali Mandir, and it's based upon the puja we do it, that they do at Dakshinishwar kind of mix with the puja they do at Belarmat, right? uh, kind of a hybrid, and as well as some other aspects of Sri Bidja and other forms of Tantra mixed in, because every temple has a special, has become specialized. We have 
unique deities and traditions. But generally, the, it's the, there's different forms of tantra and different forms of puja. This is very Bengali. Basically, this is the Bengali form, although some of the, some of the things are a little different. <clears throat> We've been discussing a little bit with Swami Harinamananda from the San Diego Mutt, Ramakrishna Mutt, and about, uh, he was, we've been discussing about the picture of Sri Ramakrishna, that was, that was led to the conversation. He, was, he gives a series, of, he's given, giving a, a talk on the picture of Sri Ramakrishna. But within that, we were discussing all kinds of things about icons, about worship, about meditation, on images. So it, it brought a lot of interesting things up of why we're doing, what, what does it mean? Because simple thing of worship, worship, puja means worship, right? So it, it could be, you know, it's like you have a powerful being and you placate that powerful being or invoke that powerful being or please it, try to get either a favor or uh, something like this, you know. That's, that's one way you can think of worship. But obviously that's not what's, what's not devotional worship and that's not generally, not generally, it's not all what we're doing. Uh, so so we were discussing like a Vedantic aspect of puja, Tantric aspect of puja, Sankhi aspect of puja. So it's like why we're doing, what we're doing, what's actually happening. Because in the, 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 there's a, 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 a mantra, it may come as I start talking, um, but it, it, it translates as only a deva can worship a deva. Right? You know that mantra? I'm forgetting it. It has deva twice in it. <laughs> I know that part, deva something something deva, puja deva. But uh, the only, that only God can worship God, only Ma can worship Ma. I mean, Ambikananda, in, in that article we did together, you, you wrote it as only a diamond can cut a diamond. Like that, that idea. Only a diamond can cut a diamond. So, actually, so part of the idea of Puja is that we, we get out of the way. Right? We get out of the way, and God, only God, only Spirit is worshiping, only God sits within our heart. We invoke God within our heart. We create a proper environment for her, and she, the worship is done spontaneously. <clears throat> but that, so that that's that's the experiential thing, and a really good puja often the pujari feels like, like I wasn't you know I don't know how it happened it just flowed. Oh, very good puja means you barely noticed it, it wasn't a struggle it just happened. You weren't very conscious of the doership aspect of it. But that brings an interesting thing because what is if that's that's true what's really going on, right? And 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 some, we can like categorize ritual worship. Even it's right to say that ritual worship. As a dualistic form of religion, you know, a dualistic practice of religion, and we've been thinking a lot about what does we mean by dual. Dualistic, we we mean usually what's dualistic is good and bad, right? Uh, black and white, hot and cold, birth and death, uh, success and failure, right? These are these dualisms, right? But they're not dual. That that's just two. Ex- we've been discussing this is just two extremes of a continuum. Our experience of two extremes we call dualism. The world of the world of birth and death is, is that dualism? Is that not, that's not really dualism. That's just two extremes, our experiential extremes, and, and everything in between is all this variety. So that's not what's really, we, although that's what we say when we mean the world of duality, it's not really the world of duality. That experience of the many comes from the primary duality of seer and seen, subject and object. Right? That's the real duality, or in Sankhya, Purusha and Pakriti, right? or subject and object, like this. So, that's true of uh, that, uh, that's true of our that's, that's an existential um, 
ontological dualism that that the, seems to be the foundation of all experience, all manifestation. And in puja, what then? What's happening in puja? This was our discussion. So I mean, Harinamananda, what happens in puja? And the one that the image that kept coming that I've been I don't know how exactly to maybe I just start with the mantras and just start describing. If I'm just thinking of big ideas right now, is is the experience of um. In, in Tantra, they, for that, one way to describe that ontological duality or seeming duality of seer and seen, or Purusha Prakita, or in Tantra, Shiva and Shakti, or Brahman and Shakti, right, is in Tantra they use this term uh, Prakashan Vimarsha. Right? So Prakash means the light of awareness, the light of consciousness, something like that. Akasha means space, Pram means the light up, so it's that, that light of consciousness. And then Vimarsha is its reflection. So, in order to have consciousness, one has to be conscious of something, right? And so, automatically, in order to have one thing that's conscious, automatically also, along with that, simultaneously, there has to be something to be conscious of, right? So, so the light, in order to see itself, has to see itself in something, but there's nothing except itself. So, this is a very mysterious thing, how you have a world duality and only one, right? So, what the idea that we were thinking of, and it's from a, some meditation experience from high school, Right, is that of staring, maybe if you've ever, ever stared in a mirror. Stared at your own eyes in a mirror. It's a very interesting experience. Right? Don't say Bloody Mary in the mirror. That's a different experience. We did that as a kid too. But, right? but, but, if, you, but if you stare in the mirror for long enough, you just look directly into your eyes in the mirror. Right? It's, like, it's a very strange thing, but what, what are you looking at? Right? And who's looking? It's an interesting thing. The one you're looking at is the one looking. And it's like it's it's a, 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 a it's a dualism that's not a duality. So I think if it's a little bit like this, precautionary march is like that. Cause what are you looking at? The image that you're looking at is only your own face, not even your own face, your own eyes. The looker. You're looking deep into the eyes of the looker. It's a very strange experience, right? So that's that's a little bit of the idea of behind this precaution, this foundational sense of duality within. And so in puja, that's also what we're doing. We're looking at God. Looking, we're trying to look straight into the eyes of God, but we we told in, in all schools of in most schools of tantra and most schools of Vedanta and, and like this, we so that there's only there's only God and only God can worship God. So who's doing the puja? Who's looking into the face of the image? Who's doing the offerings? Right? Obviously, it's God. It's all obviously it's us. But that weird, uh, mysterious meeting point, you know. I think there's, there's a lot of as we go into that in some of the mantras we can we can discuss how that kind of works. I think we'll just start with some of the first mantra. <clears throat> so the different sections of the puja, and, and, and most pujas have these basic sections. They have, you know, if you were to give a general rule for most pujas, there is a, uh, a purification, the section of purification. Then there's, um, uh, uh, then, uh, then there's, uh, there's external purification, where you're, the, the, not only the physical things to be clean, and you're astrally cleaning things, removing any negative vibrations, negative entities like that, purifying the environment, purifying the sea, purifying your body. Then there's Bhutashuti, the inner purification, which is, I think is very fast. It's one of my favorite aspects of puja. The way I understand whole puja is basic Bhutashuti. And then, and then there's an invocation. Then, then the deity is invoked first within, then worshipped within, through Manasa Puja, and then invoked outside, if it's outside in the image, but it's like it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. It's not outside. It's seeing outside, make, making the subject an object, making the seer an object seen. That is the projection of the deity outside. One way of looking at it, and then then the, the worship, then the then the making of the offerings in various moods, 
that's basically the almost all pujas follow that. Tantric puja definitely follows that. So uh, the simple puja, our, we have a really simple puja book. It has the main sections. The more elaborate puja, it, it, each section gets more elaborate. Some other sections that are related get added to it. it like Durga puja and Shamakali puja, these are very elaborate pujas. They last for days. Each one of those is expanded even further and even expands even further. So one thing is just to see the general uh, uh, structure of, of these different these different sections. So luckily, they're, they're, each one has a name. We can think about it. So the very first thing that happens in puja is called uh, mangalarchana. Right? Mangalarchana means it means uh, like to declare something auspicious, right? Or or, or auspicious invocation. Sometimes it's described. And many, like, if you read Bajagovindam, 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 Muramati, that itself is a Mangalarchana. That's the opening verse where he's both worshipping Vishnu, Govinda, but also his guru, his Govindapada. Svankarachari's guru is Govindapada. Right? So it all, it's a double thing. And then the different verses are there. And then it's used when we sing it as a refrain, but it's actually the opening verse. So most texts will have an opening verse that invokes auspiciousness. Usually does pranam to the guru, or to the goddess, or to Ganesha. To Sharada, so, I mean, uh, Saraswati, like that. So puja starts usually with, was always with this Mangalarchana. Um, and in the Ramakrishna tradition, Bengali tradition, it starts with a prayer to Lord Vishnu. What is it? Sarva Mangala Mangalyam Varenyam Varadam Shubham Narayanam Namaskricha Sarva Karmani Karya. That's the very common. We, but in, in South India and other forms of the puja, they always start with, you, 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 with Ganesha. Right and kind of, of course Ganesha is worship first as we start when we start worshiping different different deities. But in the very beginning, you don't, you, without hearing that opening Ganesh mantra, you don't think you're starting, right? And so partially because we like that and we also learn this way, we've added the Ganesh mantra. We chant the Ganesh mantra, although in the Bengali form, the Ganesh mantra is not first. That Om Gananandva Ganapati Gum like this. We start Om Sri Guru Bhyonamaha Hari Om Om Gananandva Ganapati Gum Avamahi Kavim Gavina Pavasra Vastamam Dishtarajam Brahmanam Brahmanaspata Ana Shrinmanhuta Visita Saranam. Now, this is a mantra from the Krishna Yajurveda, so it's a very old mantra. And it's considered a mantra. Okay, we, it's go, it says, O oh, oh, oh Lord of the Gan, O oh Ganapati. Right? Some scholars are saying, actually, this is not a mantra to Ganesha. There was no Ganesha back then. The worship of Ganesha hadn't started. Not Definitely not the elephant headed with a big... Tr- We're not arguing that. Whatever who's being invoked, whatever who it means to be the Lord of the Ganas, now that, that energy, that personality, that deity, that form, that idea, is now properly worshipped as Ganesha. Right? So whether or not it was originally to the elephant-headed god, the Vinayaka, Lord of the Vinayakas, that is, uh, uh, that is for... Uh, scholars to argue, but for all intents and purposes, it's meant for Ganesha. Now we worship that being Ganesha, and it starts. So here in this month, everybody knows. Oh, now there's a transition, and what you're asking, Oh Lord Ganesha, the Lord of the Ganas, come, come, and and we invoke you, Oh Lord of the Ganas, and sit in our in our in our assembly. Right. Yeah. Come and come and sit in, in, in our midst. And in the in the worship of Ganesha, whenever wherever Ganesh sits, everything becomes organized, right? That's his nature. He sits. He's the Mandaleshwar uh, also. Whenever in a, in a gathering where Ganesha sits, everybody's orga- everybody knows where to sit around him. 
Right? He's in the center of the of the planet. He's in the center of the rishis. In the center, he's the center of the gods. Right. So as soon as he's invoked, immediately everything becomes organized. Right. The the the, the and it's certain that he's worshipped here as a master, as a master of ceremonies. Right. You know. So he sits. Then everything can start. You know. Until, you know. That's until the the president. The word president means somebody who presides over a, a meeting. Right. That's why. You know. That's a, so the he's like the president of the meeting. Right, so invoking here everything is organized. Right, and then in our we we then there's a, a series of prayers where Shriman Mahaganapataye, Mahalakshmi Narayana, Bhyam Namah, Uma Maheshwara, Bhyam Namah, Vanihiranya Garba, Bhyam Namah. We're worshiping, uh, um, invoking or honoring or saluting. Where on Priyadas we we bow in all directions and we bow to everything and everyone, right? And so to Lakshmi Narayana, to Uma Maheshwara, Shiva and Parvati, to um, uh, Vanihiranya Garba means. Uh, 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 Saraswati and Brahma, right? To our mother and father, to our ancestors, right? Uh, like this, to our, and then to our then Grama Devatabhyona, Ishdevatabhyona, Vasudevatabhyona, Maha, the presiding deity of the house, the presiding deity of the country and village, town, the presiding deity of our family, right? And our and on our own chosen deity or focus of our deity. Because and so sometimes that's not even who we're worshiping. Like this is the Kali Puja. Maybe your devata is Krishna, and your family devata is, is Durga, right? So you, everyone should be. You have to give everybody honor, right? We, we're getting, because this is the beginning. This Mangala, we're invoking auspiciousness. We're we're asking permission. We're we're invoking everything, making everything favorable. We want everyone blessings from everybody, right? And then that mantra that that we started with, Sarva Mangala Mangalyam. It starts, Oh Lord Vishnu, Oh Oh Narayana, where is it? Sarva Mangala Mangalyam Varanyam Varadam Shubham Narayanam Namaskricha Sarva Karmani Karya Sarva Karmani Karya All actions, to, I'm going to do all actions, before doing all actions, or beginning to do all actions, Narayanam Namaskricha, I shall first salute Narayan. So first salute Narayan, then I begin all actions. Why? He is Sarva Mangala Mangalyam Varanyam Varadam Shubham. He's the, um, he's the most auspicious, our old translation is the most auspicious of all auspicious beings. Right, but think. Oh, this 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 is the translation we have in the book from 20 years ago, right? It could be probably more accurately uh, the auspiciousness of auspicious means that he's that anything that's auspicious, the auspiciousness. He's not the greatest of them. He's the thing. He's auspiciousness, and everything that's auspicious. It's not among all the different types of auspicious beings. He's the greatest. Yeginarayan, not like that, you know. Right or Sarva Mangalanga Yeshiva, we do that for Devi. Sarva Mangalanga that same mantra is there. Right, most auspicious of auspicious beings, or the auspiciousness of all auspicious beings, and that makes sense because the next verse, Sisti Zivinashanam, right? You are the you are the power that creates this. You are you are the, you are the shakti of you are the shakti of auspiciousness. That's that's in auspicious beings, right? So Sarva Mangalanga, so we you are the one that gives the blessing for success. You're the one who who gives all, all the one who gives all blessings. And so he's always, in, so in this mantra he's invoked first. And that I, in the beginning of the mantras, even if we're working with Ganesha, if we're invoking Ganesha and Guru and all those deities, it's still under, under the rulership of Narayan. Because Narayana is very important, because Narayana is Sattva With Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, we usually think of the three, the three Murti as the, as the presiding deities of the three Gunas. And the beginning, Puja starts with Sattva Why? Because Sattva not only sustains, it organizes. Right, another one of the mantras we're doing at the very beginning, Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Param. This is when we do when we're sipping water and we do the purification. That uh, that uh, um, it's a reference. Uh, Vishnu is the one who steps 
and you know, and we have later in the in the um, and in the Puranas, you have who's the incarnation that uh, Vamana, right? Vamana, right? As a little boy, he takes three steps. The first step, he crosses the material world. Second step, he crosses the astral world. Third, you know, the you know, the famous story, you know, with the humble King Bali, right? Uh, but that's that's a Puranic story. But that principle of the one who steps is found in Vedic mantras, including the Om Tad Vishnu, Paramam Param, right? Uh, uh. And so the idea that he's the one that that stepping is the one that organizes, the one that brings order to the world. That's the principle of Satvaguna, right? Everything. Be, and so this beginnings part of the puja, we're beginning to bring order to our inner world and to the outer world. Yeah, I'm Oh, just leave it here. To the outside Hanuman or the inside Hanuman? Okay. Okay. But only I know Hanuman. I know, okay. I know fits. <laughs> we have many Hanumans. One of them will fit. No, but it's a big yeah. one. Okay. Maybe we'll do outside. Maybe very outside nice. is better. <laughs> Puja is also this <laughs> very important. Um, so all these deities, all these practices of the, of the Mangalarchana is under the under the jurisdiction of Narayana. The one because he's he's that beginning to bring the sattvic, this organ you're organizing your because the problem actually is that we live in an unorganized world. We live in a disorganized inner world, right? And actually, if we saw everything for what it was, we'd be shocked at the divinity and beauty and sublimity of it, right? So maybe, is it, is it the world that's chaotic, or we're chaotic? And if we're chaotic, we can't see anything, right? So this is the, the um, uh, 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 by bringing order to our inner world, we, get, we see properly the, the real world. Mangala. So then the next part of the purification is acham, Achaman, Achamana. Achamana means the sipping of water. The, you see, and so during the Pushpanjali, everybody goes, Namo Vishnu, Namo Vishnu, Namo Vishnu. That's the mantra for Achamana. Right? Uh, it's just that we're not distributing water to everybody, but it's people chanting the mantra. And usually what you do, you take, we take water in our hand, we go Namo Vishnu or Om Vishnu, or there's other mantras, this is the common one, it's again because it's under the, under the, the jurisdiction of Vishnu, Om Vishnu, and holding the water, you chant the mantra, in a certain sense you're charging the water, you can think of it this way, as though charging the water, and then sipping. But if Vishnu is very, water is significant and connected to the Ganga, all the water we use is considered Ganga water, even if it's not from the Ganga. And where does Ganga come from? The Ganga is said to come from the feet of Lord Vishnu, right? It comes from the Kamandalu of Brahma, right? Who's washing the Lord? This is one way of looking at it: washing the feet of Vishnu. Falls on the feet of Vishnu, falls to earth, and is caught on the head of Shiva, right? You have oh, it's a very nice <laughs> situation. It's everything like that. But generally, so we think like the Ganga, this water is purifying. Comes from the feet of Lord Vishnu, right? It's charged with Vishnu, and Vishnu is just purifying. And you'll see this: Vishnu is a is a sattva guna, which is purity. This is a second of purification. Uh, there's other ways in um, the Shaiva and Shakta tantras. Other mantras are used for Achaman, right? The most common is Om Vishnu and Namo Vishnu, right? But another one is is, is uh, Atma Tattam Shodayami Swaha. Vijatattam Shodayami Swaha, Shiva Tattam Shodayami 
Shodayami Swaha. These are what we're doing. We're not just we're we're we're, we're, we're it's what we want to purify. We're trying we're trying to purify. We're sipping the water, not just to purify. Not just to, one thing is you wash your mouth. You, it is a ritual worship, worship washing of the mouth. But this is something more with mantras. What are we what are we purifying? So we're purifying tattvas. These are the principles, the elements, the 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 uh, states of our consciousness and our body and our being. So first is atma tattvam. This is the 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 sense of individuality should be purified. The atma tattvam, tattvam, our knowledge and, and wisdom, our our consciousness, our knowledge should be purified. And shiva tattvam, right? The God principle, the divine should also that the supreme consciousness should be purified. Right? And then and then there's another with the fourth one is sarva tattvam. All principles, all the different aspects of ourselves should be completely pure. And because this is the Shakta Puja, they're done with different Bij mantras, you know, which we'll talk about later. But this is another way of doing it. Is what we're worship, what we're, it's not just rinsing, not just, it's not just washing our mouth, right? And it's not like, oh, it's not like some magic water. If you sip it, you become pure, right? You're sipping it with an intention to, pur- to, to purify something specifically that water can't touch. Water can't purify your consciousness. Water can't purify your soul. Water can't purify your knowledge. So it's not magic water, and it's not just washing the mouth, right? So it's an it's an intentionality. You're using the the mantra, you're using the mantra, and and the um, and the water is a vehicle to 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 do something very intentional. Oh, look who's here! <laughs> Our Easter egg hunt tomorrow. Not in. And then <coughs> there is Om Tad Vishnu Paramam Params Rapashanti Surajiva Shakshusham. This is not an easy mantra to translate, although many translations are given, including our own, uh, because it's that it's a very ancient Vedic mantra that to which the 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 clear, most ancient Vedic knowledge don't have clear meanings. That's the thing. I mean, they're, they're, the Vedic mantras are written in a different or composed in a different way. Jaima, Jaima, Jaima. Um, So one 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 way to understand this is uh, is is uh, is that is one can just like the theme the idea behind the, the mantra is like on a clear sunny day, right? You can look up and see the the sun, right? It's like the globe of the sun. You can see obviously. If you don't, it's nothing blocking. You don't have to think of it. It's obvious, right? So it sh- God should be that obvious. The self should be that obvious. Our ourselves should be that obvious. And yet we, but yet we're, we're, we're in the dark, right? So it says that the sages, right, the rishis, right, they see the self, or they see Brahman, they see God, they see Ishvara, they see whatever, you know, uh, just like we see, uh, just like you see the sun on a sunny day, right? So that's very different. So what's the difference between them and us? They look up, they see the sky, they cannot not see the sun. You cannot not see the sun on a sunny day. That's the definition of a sunny day, as you see the they see the. Uh, or the scene of the sun is very easy, and yet we, yet most people, on a sunny day can't see the sun, right? So the problem is not with the sun, it's not with the sky or the sunny day. The problem is that we're not seeing properly. So in a certain sense, like one of the things, some of Vivekananda has a great, a great thing he says, and uh, he says, what is that? Uh, we cover our own eyes, we cover our eyes with our own hands, and then we lament that we're in the dark, right? You know, this, so it's like. The sun's shining, 
There's nothing stopping. There is something stopping. You're covered. We're covering our eyes. We're, so on a sunny day where the sky is shining and you don't see the sun, that means you're not looking at the sun. Right? So we're not looking in the right direction. You're not looking up at the sky, so you're not seeing the sun. So like that, we have to see. So this month, so the next month is a very beautiful month. That's one of my favorite months. I've spoken on it many times. Pavitro, pavitro va. So this, this is a mantra, a purification mantra. Apavitra and pavitra. Pavitra means pavitra means what? Pure. Pure. Apavitra, impure. impure. Right. So actually, we're, so we can I mean very likely we can say, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually very impure. Maybe we're pure. Maybe we're not. To say we're impure is also problematic. We may feel we're impure. Maybe we're not impure. The soul's never, never impure. But anyways, if maybe we're pure, maybe we're impure. Uh, and it says, um, Sarva Astam, Sarva Vastam Gadopiva. And Sarva and any other way, pure, impure, any other way. Once again, these are two extremes. We talked about two extremes. You have birth and death. Is not, uh, not, this, there aren't the only two choices. There's a, a thousand things in between. Between night and day, there's a thousand moments, a million moments in between. So between pure and impure, there's a thousand or million or unlimited uh, other states of possibility. So sometimes we're clean, sometimes we're unclean, or in any other possible way. Uh, how do we become then clean? So, yash smaret pundari kaksham pundari aksharam. This is uh, the one who has lotus petaled shaped eyes, right? Pundari kaksham. So this is a name. This is a name for Vishnu. Remember, I said that the section, this the Achanuan section of puja is about Vishnu. So it means Vishnu, who has beautiful, attractive eyes and lotus. As you can, we all know what lotus. Not, I sometimes think when I first read Lotus Eyes, I thought there'd be two big lotuses. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not very pretty at all. I don't know why they say that. It's these long, also like Minakshi, fish-shaped eyes. First I thought they were big fish. It's not fish. It's, it's the type of eyes that fish have. Big, you know, the ones that go almost stretch out. And you see some of the old traditional art. In order to get those eyes, they can't fit on the face. When you have them like coming off, you know, the, the Subhajit makes his beautiful eyes. That's his specialty where he makes the eyes stick. Can't even the face curves, but the eyes are so big it can't fit. This idea that this lotus, lotus-like uh, eye, the name for Vishnu, and it's considered lotus. That type of eye is considered very beautiful. That's the idea. This is a sign of in, in ancient aesthetics, extremely beautiful. Right. Now I think it's the real beauty is glass, frameless glass-shaped, uh, framed eyes, or whatever. We have our own view. We have our own version. Of what's cool? <laughs> But those who know, in the old days, they knew they knew what beauty was, and so that's that Vishnu or Krishna or Ram. These are always described Padmalochana. These are all these names with uh, lotus-like eyes, you know, like this. Uh, uh, uh. So But if one remembers, one thinks about, contemplates, one can, uh, one if one remembers the lotus-eyed one, it means if one remembers Vishnu, or in a general, one remembers God, right? Sa Outside and inside, right? Externally and inside, suchi, one becomes clean, right? So that's the thing we're, 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 we're uh, our problem is if we, if we remember Vishnu, if we remember God, we're clean inside and out. Whether we're pure or impure, we're considered clean. And we have to be clean for puja. This whole thing is purification. And we, as we go into it, maybe over time, I think I have a feeling it's going to take more than one. That's fine. We haven't gotten past page three. So anyway, and it's now. <laughs> okay, that's where it's going to be. This could be a couple, maybe a difference, a little, a few days series. But um, uh, 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 uh. 
it's all about purification. Uh, but what are we purifying? So, so it doesn't say. There's a there's a book, a uh, famous book called Gayatri by um, Taimini. From the the you know that book. Uh, it's in I don't. It's a very it's a be- it's actually very impressive. I think it's put up by the Indian version of the Theosophical the Indian branch of the Theosophical Society. But he makes a very he he makes kind of sarcastic uh, ans- uh, argument on on this point. He says it doesn't it doesn't say one who chants this mantra becomes clean and pure, right? It, it, because some of you say, oh, chanting this mantra one becomes clean. That could be, it could say something like that, but it doesn't. And I do it. And the problem is, I do this. I go om vishnu om vishnu vishnu om tad vishnu param param and then I start the puja, right? We do like thinking, oh, I said them. I said the purification mantra. I'm not clean and pure, but the mantra doesn't say. Some mantras say that. This one does not say that. This one says that one. It's telling you what to do, or it's telling you what needs to be done, right? If you want to be clean and pure in order to do puja inside and out, one has to remember God. So if if you do the mantra without ever thinking of the lotus, the beautiful, the beautiful, attractive lotus eyed Lord, then you're just you haven't changed. All you've done is sipped water, right? And chanted a beautiful mantra. Maybe there's a benefit to that. At least you cleaned your mouth and you, and you chanted something auspicious, maybe that has its own glory, right? But that's not the qualification. The mantra says one remembers God. So that brings into it a, a larger thing, is what does it mean to remember God? It's not just remember, okay, I remember, think of Vishnu with beautiful eyes. Okay, now I'm clean and pure. Maybe that's it, maybe that's efficient. Thinking of God is purifying, or is purity itself. But then we go a little bit, this is, we have to think a little bit deeply about these things. This is a mystical, this is mysticism. This is, this is yoga, right? And, what does, what, and we hear and all... And, in most mystical traditions and in most yogic traditions, and even in trite, new age sounding, uh, uh, simple, simplistic statements like, oh, God's within. Right? We have to, we've heard this, and well, you have to find God. You know, it's like, so that's a, that seems to be a universal thing. There's something about the kingdom, tomorrow's Easter, and the kingdom of God is within, right? Jesus said, right? Uh, uh, so, what does that mean? That means so that, 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 therefore, thinking of Vishnu is not just remembering some image, right? Maybe it's that. Maybe there's benefit to that. I'm sure there's benefit to that. Or thinking, oh, oh in Vaikuntha, Vishnu is living. Or in, or even more sublime, more sweet, in, in Vrindavan, Krishna is living with the gopis. That's so beautiful, right? right? But also, a yogic interpretation that the, the, the lotus-eyed Lord, if he's anywhere, he's within also. Right? Or he's primarily within. We have to think like this. And therefore, another way to look at this mantra is that an externalized mind is the impurity. An internalized mind is purity. What becomes clean and pure when the mind is internalized. Not just introspective, that's what I mean by internalized. Sami Omanan Puri uses this with Antarmuk, what is the term he used? I think he uses this Sami Omanan Puri, a wonderful sadhu, that we know, uh, one, of our, one of our heroes in the spiritual field. But he says that one needs Antarmuk, means if the, the mind, the, the face has to be turned inward. Right, you know. Like staring in the mirror, right? It has to turn inward. So, and so the externalized mind. What what happens when the externalized mind? The senses. Why does our problem? Okay, like if seeing the sun. If you if you don't see the sun on a, on a bright day, it means you're not looking at the sun. If you don't see the God within, that means you're not looking within. You're looking in the wrong direction, right? Or covering, the idea of covering your own eyes, right? So how to look? So why do we not? Why is it so difficult to internalize the mind? I mean, in yoga, they made a whole, in, the, in, in Patanjali Yoga, they made a whole limb of yoga about that. that what is it? Um, uh, so, uh, 
pratyahara, the withdrawal of the senses, right? Because we don't know how to do it. That's the problem. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, now we've been a little bit trained, still can't do it, right? <laughs> not that easy to do, but we're not trained as children, you know, uh, to internalize your mind, stop thinking external thoughts, right? Stop, <laughs> stop being conscious of the outside world. I mean, no, we're never trained to that. But as a result, we can't see the obvious. The one that's obvious, it's like, it's like being trained, uh, 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 we're never trained, but look, up, honey, look at the sun. Look how beautiful it is. If we're never trained to do that, we never notice the sun. Right? Nowadays, we, you know, it's like, well, look at the sun. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look it up on my, <laughs> our funny statements. <laughs> we're going to the beach, we're going to go to the beach to go sit on the beach a little bit. And we're wondering whether it's sunny. And it's <laughs> always so looking up, I'll check on, I'll check my app. <laughs> like, the beach I know, I know, but to me, it was a great symbolism. Of course, we were at the beach, but it was like, we could like look at the sky. <laughs> See what the app says. The problem, but it's obviously it was a funny little little encounter, right? But but we don't look up, and if we don't see the sun, so we don't look within, and we don't, we're not trained that we don't see the, the source of all beauty, the source of all purity. And so, we, Yogi Swami, Swami Chidananda, he's, he's, he gave beautiful. Swami Chidananda Saraswati, the great disciple Swami Shivananda from Rishikesh, he talked a lot about this. He says that the mind is is doing the job it does, right? And and God, when He created this organism, the human body, animal body, the human body also, He made the senses, and He made the senses as tools. They're tools to bring information from the outside world. We need to see from the outside world, right? We need to eat to keep the body going. There's a value to that. We need to see. We need. To, and in order to those tools to be used, they have to be some pleasure attached to them, right? Otherwise, you, if you never, if nothing tasted good, you wouldn't eat, and then you'd die. And then the whole purpose of the human body, which is the ultimate purpose, not only just the biological purpose of procreation and survival, wouldn't wouldn't happen. The primary biological, instinctual urges of, of, of survival and 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 and, and, and uh, would happen. But what to speak of the the spiritual. The paramgati, that of, of realizing God and knowing God and knowing the self, uh, liberation like that, that would not be satisfied if, if if you won't even if you. So, pleasure had to be attached to each of the senses. And he said, but somehow or another, not somehow or another, we know how it happened. You know, <laughs> pleasure is attached to each senses. That that because of the pleasure attached to senses, we cannot not. Swami Vivekananda in his discipleship said, "If something's beautiful looking, try not to look at it. We cannot not look at it." If beautiful music, tell your tell your mind don't listen to it, don't hear it. You almost have to hear it, right? It's almost very hard. You can't tell. He says, no, no, we should be able to say, don't listen, and you won't hear anything. Don't smell, and you don't smell anything. Right? But imagine how that's not that's not anything because the the, the 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 mind the senses go out. They're designed to go out. They're pierced outward, right? Uh, 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 and the mind, out of habit, right, goes outward with the senses. Right? and has lost its freedom to go inward. Not only it's lost its habit to go inward, it's its tendency to go inward. We almost can't go inward now. Now the senses which used to, that's why I'm on this point, the senses that used to be our uh, tools are now our masters. Instead of our servants, they become our masters. That's one of the meaning we you know, this term Swami, that people use for, for sannyasis, or for gurus, or Swami means master, right? The literal meaning. And there's also a term, it's Goswami. Right? And so there's this complicated Goswami also, is a, it's related to, I mean, this is a, we can get into the anthropology of, 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 the, of the development of languages, but Go means many things, but Go means um, uh, cow, cows, like Gopala, and Goswami is also Lord of, so these are, these are, they're connected to this culture. 
But the yogis say go means also senses. Right? And so we are godas, we are master, we are servants of the senses. It means they're not that oh 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 my tongue, what do you want? But how can we do? Oh my tongue, what do you want today? We open the refrigerator and says, tongue, what do you want? We look at we look at our iPad, oh ears, what do you want to hear? Right? You know, it's like we're 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 willing to do to spend any amount of money and any amount of inconvenience uh, to think how can I serve how can I serve you, sir? How can I serve you best? Command me, right? Very interesting thing. So that's that's called regular life, right? Instead of go, instead of Goswami, instead of a master of the senses, the senses should go. Oh Lord, when you when you wake when you open your eyes, the eyes should say, what should what should I see today? How can I serve you, right? How can I serve you for your for your both biological impetus as well as your spiritual ultimate spiritual impetus, right? That's biological and spiritual impetus. We call that the the the. Dharma, Kama, Arta, Moksha, right? The, the the four goals of life. These are the, these are interpreted this way. So this is they're meant to serve that. Right? So this is how we. This is one of the ways we we cannot. The, we not look. We don't look up at the sun, or we don't look inside at the self, or look inside at God, right? And so this mantra is give. It's not just remember Vishnu. It means remember Vishnu, but Vishnu is not an easy thing. And why is it an easy thing? This is why, right? But also we think it's oh it's not maybe it's just. Think of Vishnu, think of Krishna, think of Rama, right? That itself is also why that's also not easy. Why is that not easy, right? Because once again, we're thinking of so we're because we have no control over our thoughts. We could also open the refrigerator, open the refrigerator. Oh my! Oh, uh, and 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 the and 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 the the eyes and the tongue would say, uh, "What here is the best thing for you today? What should I? I, uh, I, sh- I shall look. My my tongue. My my eyes will look at what's the best." Most auspicious possible thing for you that can bring you to, for your pleasure, oh self, right? The eyes will go out, the tongue will go out. What What's the healthiest, most sattvic, the most uh, 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 um, divine food for your health, for your happiness, for your progress? From the purity of food comes purity of mind. That's what the scripture says. We give a whole talk on that, right? From the purity of food, sattva is purified, and, and, and from good memory and like this, right? Uh, ahara, right? Uh, uh, so if that's the case, then we can actually think. Then, then what a very auspicious thought. Think of Vishnu, which is beautiful. Either with four arms, holding Krishna playing the flute, uh, uh, Chaitanya dancing, right with Nityananda, or any form of more you know, Jesus preaching to his disciples, resurrected from the dead, Makali, right, swinging her sword, at, aiming your sword right at you, you know, whatever the, whatever the the form is, right. Right, so even even just thinking of that, but actually that's also not easy to do because that's not what we want to think, right? We want junk food, right? Right. So what? Everyone loves junk food. That's the, the definition of junk food is things that are loved, <laughs> right? Why is it? Because what, what is it that makes junk food is 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 um, uh, what is it the things that are really oily, really salty, really spicy. Right. These are ba- that's basically it, right? And it's too a, much sweet. And too much fried. Oh, that's new oily, too oily, and too sweet, sweet, too sweet, too salty. These are the these are the these are the sweet. primary thing of, of, of junk food, mm-hmm. right? It's like, of course, oil is good for you. Sweet is wonderful. Sweet is also good. And 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 oil and and and, and um, let's see, salt is you don't have salt for a couple of days, you won't keep water and you'll die, right? You know, you need, you need salt also, right? But at that level. Where they're, they're poison, not not not, and, and and they stop you from making. I mean, they stop me from making good decisions. And so instead of thinking of Vishnu, right, or instead of thinking of of Krishna, 
or instead of thinking of, of Kali, right? We think of every we think of everything else, right? We think of junk things or right? things that are quick because what they do, they're they're easy to get pleasure from, instant pleasure, pow, super sweet, wow, right? You know, like it's like an explosion, almost too sweet, you know, <laughs> right? You know, so that and, and 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 instead of so so even thinking, oh, think of Vishnu, think of God, think of think of the image, think of the the form, the the lila, think of the lila, think of the name, right? Even not just think of the self within, to think just mentally, contemplate, hold the image of God or the name of God or the thought of God. It's also very hard to do, right? Because we don't get, we don't get the instant, instant hit, right? And this is why pratyahara is the, the training to withdraw the mind. It's not just to withdraw the mind externally so you can focus inwardly. We have no. It's 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 the controlling of the mind. Pratyahara is not just withdraw the mind. The image is that of with of, of reining in horses, right? When you rein horses, not only do you pull them towards you, you also get them to obey, right? So it's like the, the idea idea of pulling them towards you, reining in, is also reining meaning to to bring order and control them, right? The famous the Gita uses it, and the Upanishads use this incredible image of our wonderful crown of human existence called the human birth, right? America, two thousand, we're at the top of the world, right? Most powerful country. We're we're in the human body and the most powerful country, most affluent country in the world, right? And uh, 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 and so, what's our situation? The Gita says that we're the body is like a chariot, right? It, the 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 uh, uh, the mind is the charioteer, like right? No. It's been a while since I remember the verse, right? The mind are no. The mind are the reins of this chariot, right? The senses are the horses. The mind's the rein. Right, the buddhi is the charioteer, the intelligence of the charioteer, and the body is the chariot, and the, and the, um, uh, are they coming for Easter egg hunt tomorrow? No. no. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, uh. And, and the passenger is the self, right, this is the classic image, so it's a great image, right, but then imagine what the situation we're in, like we're, the, bodies, the, the body is, is, out, is not in, in fit, fit. Right, now the vehicle is not is not working properly, right? The the horses are spooked, and running in four different directions, right? The reins are tangled, right? And then the great thing and and the driver is drunk, right? Everything is gone. Everything. So this is the this is the crown of human existence at the crown of human culture. That's basically it's a, it's a I think the very uh, powerful way of describing it. So the reining in. Is also bringing, doing, we can't even get the mind to think what it wants, what we want it to think. Right? We have to think what the mind wants to think. Right? And, the, and the, mind, the mind never wants to think a useful, very rarely wants to think a useful thing. Right? A few more minutes. So, um, uh, so one remembers that Lotus Eyed Lord, either remembering God through his name, form, pastimes, uh, qualities. Uh, uh, um, or knowing the self within, one becomes clean inside and out. So that's real purity, and that's the whole point, right? Just like we want to be like those rishis who see the sun on the clear, shining in the sky on the clear day. Most most obvious thing. Very um, simple, but uh, it's in 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 in. I, well, the thing I like about the whole mantra shastra and tantra shastra like this in the puja is that every every mantra says everything right so the first mantra the the ganantwa ganapato sarvamangala mangalyam varanyam bradamshimam 
everything, the whole, the, the process, the, what we, the, the, where we are, what we need to do, and the way to do it is all is stated in every mantra. And this mantra also, well, where we are, what we need to do, and how to do it. What we need to do is think of God, become pure. Where, where we are, not thinking of God, and therefore not pure. Or maybe pure, impure, or in some other condition, one of these conditions. And the way to do it, remember, remember God. And become clear. You know, it's like it's a, it's a very uh, every month that it gives everything. So the, <clears throat> that's a super simple form. In, in, within it, there's other there's other things that can be done. There's also other mantras. There's a um, in the larger pujas with all kinds of mantras. One remembers, uh, um, uh, invo- in, you invoke the sun, the planets, the directions, the rishis, the holy rivers. There's all kinds of things. To get to to help and to transform, to think of these divine things, and to to remember them, itself uh, purifies and illumines, enlightens, uplifts, and internalizes the mind. One thing that's very common, and we we also it's in our puja, but we also do it, although it's not in all puja books. You've seen people at the beginning of puja kind of tap here, or you know this type of they tap the, the temples here. Which is a mantra for Ganesha. Right? And so the idea is so what they're doing, you know, Ganesha, of course, he has in the, in the, famously the, the beautiful elephant head. And the, the one of the things that, and actually his mantras, many of his, the Dhyan mantra and Pranam of Ganesha, they emphasize something that's considered very beautiful in elephants. Now, if you're around elephants, we're not around that many elephants, right? Is that they have the male elephants have a gland at their temples, right? And where uh, uh, rut they call it rut comes out, some some uh, uh, some fluid comes out. That's when they're in heat, right? And this it's considered it, it drips from their temples, and that attracts female elephants, right? And it's considered extremely auspicious, right? That a male an elephant at its most uh, powerful, right? Uh, it's most attractive in a certain sense, and and symbolically, it's in poet in poet. There's so much poetry and that describes the the an elephant and rut. It's also an elephant and rut is very dangerous, because just like in just like in every animal, when they're in, when they're revved up in human beings, also we do stupid things, right? And it's one of the things that when you have a, a young male elephant in rut, they misbehave. They don't know anything control, and they end up that's when they end up fighting and killing each other. They kill. They 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 attack animals. You know they're Elephants will attack rhinoceroses, right? In Africa, it's a big problem. There's not, as we know, there's not many rhinoceroses left. One of the, one of the species is dying in front of us. Within the next, in our life, completely gone, probably, right? Already, unviable, unviable in the last week, right? So, and so in some of the some of these big state parks in Africa, the 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 uh, these uh, these young elephants, because there's not many elephants, right? So there's not a lot of we learn how to behave as stupid young men. By other men, and by older men saying "stop it, whack," you know that that it's, uh, that keeps that, that we 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 socialize in a way we maybe control a little bit. But when you only have a few people, a few of these elephants, they don't they don't they don't, and their hormones out of control. They don't know what to do, and they, and they and they and they start attacking rhinoceroses. There's no reason to attack a rhinoceros, and there's not many elephants left. But there's almost no one, so it's a huge problem. So what did they do? They 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 were getting big, healthy. Old elephants, right? Uh, from other, from zoos or from other parks or other uh, other state parks in Africa, like this, and bringing them. Just their presence, right? Everybody, all the young, all the young elephants behave properly. Mm-hmm. Just the presence of a senior, you know, a, a different alpha male, 
now the alpha male is one of experience, right? The, uh, so it's very interesting, this, but this, this idea of red is very powerful, very unpredictable, very attractive, right? And so it's said that this rut is falling from their, I mean, not said, it falls from the side. So in the worship of Ganesha, this mantra is a Ganesh mantra. We also imagine rut. We have, because actually we have, uh, uh, in our, it's hard to say if we have or, or we think we have, or because, like, you know, we, we believe that we have Ida and Pingala and Shushumna. We have these different passageways, right? We have, as it says, 72,000 nadis in the body. We have all these grantis, the different knots. Like, do we? I have no problem thinking we do. I mean, Swami Shivananda said you, they've done you, surgeons have tried to look for them. They can't quite find these things, right? They're not they're not exactly physical things, right? And so yogis will sometimes say they're the subtle infrastructure or substructure in which the physical body is strung, right? And so our physical organs are connected to them but not identical to them. Like for instance, the the, the air element is said to be in Anha Chakra, and we also have our our breathing apparatus there. Right, the uh, 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 the water element is said to be in the second chakra. We have our urinary tract there, right? So they're 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 related, but they're not identical, right? So uh, others are, so that may be that's that's one way of think about it. I think I tend to think that these are just this is a map, right? For things we don't for uh, for levels and of experience and uh, uh, that we don't know how to think about. So we create so a map. The yogis have given us a map of the chakras and the and the, and the, so maybe they're identical to the, the chakras over there, or it's a way of thinking about internal deep things, right? It's, it's, maybe there's no way to tell the difference between these two. So have to be, we have to be a little careful how, to, how we state about them. But one of the things that it's believed, or the yogis experience, or to describe these internal things, is that we have all kinds of glands or chakras or, 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 within the head, within the body. We don't just have seven, we have thousands of chakras. We have chakras above our body, chakras below our body, right? And in, and in the forehead, we have so many. And so there's there, there, there's very subtle, um, uh, um, and maybe even, maybe in the brain, I don't know, there's, we have the pineal gland, the pituitary gland. We, we have related things like that that people believe are connected to, to spiritual experiences. Could be. Right? Uh, um, uh, but, and what is the a common thing is, what is it, the decalcification of the pineal gland? There's all this, people are trying to, to stimulate it and thinking that will change their spiritual life and psychic experience. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. I'm not sure. But this tapping is considered like that, right? It's like stimulating some internal gland, right? Some internal chakra and that holds Amrita or in the image of an elephant head or Ganesha's head, it holds Rat, right? This, 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 a neck, this, this. And so when it drips, imagine, so that we're actually by, by tapping, Right, it's stimulating. It's believing, and, and and then we imagine. So it's, I think it's an internal thing, not a literal secretion thing. But maybe we imagining this water, this nectar, the amrita dripping, and bathing Ganesha. This is his morning. This is his bath. It all starts with Ganesha, right? But where is Ganesha? Right, Ganesha is in, in in our in our subtle body, in our astral body, or in our chakra body. Where where is Ganesha? Anybody know? And mula and mulada, right at the very base. Right? And there's a big reason for that. When we get to Ganesh Puja, we can talk about that. It's a very, very big reason. Right? But he sits in Muladhara. Right? And one thing we can think, he's the protector of Muladhara. Right? And he's, but he can also think he protects Devi. Right? In the story, he, he was created from the dirt of Parvati. Parvati is the daughter of the mountain. She represents earth element, made from the earth, dirt and, and of her body. And turmeric, which is also the color and symbol of the earth. 
it's, it's symbol after symbol after symbol of the earth element, right? And she creates a little, this little boy, brings life into him, and says, you protect me. Don't let anybody in. Protect, protect the kund where she is. She's taken, it's called Gori Kund. You can go to, we have water from Gori Kund, from Kailash, you can go to the place. Not, you, not everybody can go, it's hard to get to. I couldn't go to the place. <laughs> but theoretically, you can go to that place, right? But Kunda means, Pan, but Kunda also means pit, right? So Gori Kund, we have a pit inside of us also. Called, and we have an energy in a pit, right? Kund, we have a, the, the kundalini is the energy. One of the meanings has several meanings. One of the meanings is that the, the, the residue energy in the kund, in the pit. Chiragni kunda sambhuta, the Lita Sasrama says. She exists, O Devi, O, o Kali, O, o, o uh, uh, Lalita, you exist in the fire pit of consciousness. So the fire pit, or the pit, or the water pit, however, you, whatever you want to think, kund, Ganesh guards that. So he's he's at the beginning, and so we can't we can't have no access to that unless we go unless he lets us, right? And he's Muladhara means earth element, right? Even the word what's the anybody know the mantra for the earth, the beach mantra? Lam, right? each each element has a mantra, right? And it's slightly different, but what's one of Ganesh has a name Lambodara, right? Yuli means he had a big belly, right? I mean Lambodara. Yeah. But actually, think even the name. There's esoteric means of the name. He holds lum earth, right? So it's not. That's why the symbol of the big belly, right? The name, the mantra itself is so into lumbodara. He's he he holds, or he's full of the the earth element given by this mantra. So he is the earth element. The earth with trapped within the earth element, we have the, we have uh, the divine mother Parashakti, as Kundalini or, how, or as Gauri like this, and so we want her to waken up. And we can't do that unless he lets, he gets out of the way. Him getting out of the way, he is gana, the first mantra, Om Ganantwa Ganapati Gum, right? You are Ganapati. The Ganas here also, Ganas being the, answer, the um, angelic beings, these are the servants of Shiva, right? And, and the story, Parvati wanted her own servant. Shiva's servants loved her and served her, but they're his servants. She married into a weird family, you know? And Shiva <laughs> and his weird Ganas, right? right? But she was thinking, if I, if I have my own son, she made him actually without Shiva's help, right? Right. So it's her, and he made it. You're my servant, right? And so he didn't know. He Ganesha didn't even know who this Shiva character was, because where does Shiva live in the astral body, symbolically? Way on Kailash, right? And he's way down below. He has no knowledge. That's a different world, right? He's never met this Shiva character, right? He knows Devi very well. He's his mother, right? So, uh, so he even Shiva couldn't get past him. <laughs> Right, what to speak? So we have almost no chance. We think it'll go up and go. Oh, come, we're going to do what we want with the Divine Mother. No, we need his. We need to, fighting him is not going to work. Didn't even Shiva couldn't fight him. What is so we need? Oh Lord, oh Lord Ganesha, please. So what does it mean to worship Lord Ganesha? Ganesha, Gana also means esoteric, like, like Go means senses. Gana also means senses, right? So Ganesha is Lord of the senses. Ganapati, Master of the senses, right? Uh, like uh, so, that means we have to control the senses, right? And so we we we, uh, we worship Ganesha at the beginning. We invoke Ganesha and we start our business. We worship Ganesha at the wedding of, of of our sons and daughters, right? We worship Ganesha when we start school. We worship Ganesha when we start a voyage, right? But Ganesha doesn't study for us. He doesn't work on the relationship for us. He doesn't uh, stay up late. Wake up early, sacrifice so much for the success of a business, right? You know, it's like, so we do that. 
the worship of Ganesha's blessing is us overcoming our lethargy, our overcoming our selfishness, our overcoming and, and, and working. Right? So he is so so Ganesha itself is the control. This is esoteric meaning of Ganesha. Ganesha is itself himself, itself, the control of the senses. When he's controlled, when our senses are controlled, that's the worship of Ganesha. Which means worship of Ganesha, we worship Ganesha so in in in, in so that we can enter the realm of, of the we can see the divine mother in the in the and in the Muladhar where she lives at the very base of our being or at the very center of our being, thought of as Muladhar. Right. But Ganesha Lambodara, earth element, Muladhara, that means body. Right? That, that, it's not just some square thing with four petals with and, and, and certain mantras on it and certain deities imagine at the base that we think about the base we can even tattoo some people even tattoo it. That shows the reality of it, right? You tattoo it, you just tattoo a little chakra on the base of your spine or something, right? It's body consciousness, right? If you're conscious of earth, you're conscious of the body. And, and material means your material consciousness, this body and this world, right? So we want to go beyond this body and material consciousness of the world, right? So this first act, what are we doing? We're, we're tapping internally and we're imagining amrita, some nectar, some, some falling, and bathing Ganesha at the base of the spine, right? This is the op- this is our first puja. We do Ganesha puja first, but first, not with flowers and stuff. Just with this thing, I imagine a flow. And also, this flow. What is it? It's also a flow of consciousness, of awareness. We put your awareness on this. It comes down and bathes, right? And so, you've seen that during a fire ceremony, at the very end, you do puna puna where you stand up and you pour ghee. What happens? The fire jumps up. It's the most dramatic part of the the, the fire, the final offering they call it, right? This is also that because Ganesha is is not a separate deity than than Parvati. She comes from her she she comes it comes from her body, and it's her Shakti. So it's the same. She is Parvati. She is material material world, and she is a Shakti within it. That's Parvati, right? And so Ganesha is the material world, and he gave her Shakti. It's her only. So some yogis have said Ganesha is actually Kali or Devi or Parameshwara Parameshwari, experience in Muladhara. Or Ganesha is God experienced in material world, in material consciousness, and you see what's in the, the what's the the deity everybody loves most. Somehow or another, out of all things, big big stomach, elephant head, right? And and everyone he's the one that everyone loves most. It's immediately express, accessible, right? And it's, it's it's impossible not to love him once you get to think of it. You know, it's like it's a very it's a form that we can. So this very first act is awaking Ganesha. Awakening that which is which is itself trying to transcend body consciousness internalize the mind like this, and going and 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 signals the beginning of the puja, which is we mentioned by in 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 in, in jurisdiction of Lord Vishnu, which which is about ordering, making sattvic, internalizing the mind, internalizing the system. This very act, it's just so much. Go- I mean, this. I mean, it took, took me an hour and a half to describe this thing, this this, this simple thing, but it takes shuklam baram shuklam deva. It only takes a few seconds. Right? That's the great secret of why puja is so powerful. Right? Is that so much philosophy, so much theory, so much shakti, so much so much esoteric and exoteric religion is in a simple you know, little in a simple sentence or a simple practice, a simple ritual act. Right? Maybe a good thing to mention is before we end is uh, this is can't say it's symbolic. It's not like a symbol. Some a symbol is something that represents something, right? So it's not exactly 
it's not sim- it's not symbolic of of worship Ganesha or of awakening Kundalini or transcending body consciousness or all those type of things. It does it. That's the thing, right? So, it's, but it is symbolic in a, in a particular, very specific anthropolo- anthropologically ac- uh, careful way. In the anthropology religion, they have this this term uh, uh, about about symbols, religious symbols especially, and, or any type of symbol, is that they're the term we use? Multivocalic. That's the word. Remember this term? We talked about this at the university. Multivocalic, which means it has layers and many, many, many meanings. Right? And the example that we sometimes use is like you look at the, the American flag. So everybody, if you were to give how to hand out pads of paper and pens, and everybody start writing down what the American flag means to you. Right? And you can, you can start, you can, you can start, well, it means freedom, it means United States government, it means oppression, it means missing my family. It means uh, uh, too much high taxes. It means you know uh, uh, they should help me more. You know you can start. You can, you can, you can by the time you fit, you can do you can probably fill page after page after this one symbol, right? And some of the points are exact opposites. They have no relation to each other, right? But when you see an American flag, you get some sort of a hit because it has all that meaning in one simple symbol, and you don't have to think of all that meaning. Right, you, 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 you know, like I, I've, I've never been a super patriotic. I, I didn't grow up like a, like you know, you know, the type of patriotic type of. In the normal, we think of a patriot. I mean, we love this country. We've lived here, and we love the ideals of this country. That's why we're here. We're still here, right, for this reason. But we don't. We have never really externalized that. And and and. But you, know, you know, after I remember the first time I was like four or five months in India for a long time. And those four months, this is back in the day when a month in India meant you were sick three weeks, you know, it was, it was, and you lost 20 pounds. It was tough <laughs> before Miss Larry. It was, like, it was much tougher than it is now, right? So, so you're, you're sick. It's by that time, no matter when you go, India changes weather every couple of days, it seems, you know. And so if you go for four months, you've already had two seasons, right? So you go on a nice season. By the time you end, it's 110 degrees, and you can't, there's no way to, you know, so you're tired, Right, you're you you can't eat anything that you can't keep anything down. This is things aren't available, and you're cranky because you miss your you know whatever that type of stuff. But still, I'm in India, and I'm with holy people. I'm doing you know learning puja, like that. But then you know you do, you go into town to get do some business to try to cash a traveler's check, which takes seven hours at that time. You know, <laughs> for them to tell you, I'm sorry, we don't accept that. You know, <laughs> this is before ATMs in India. <laughs> things have gotten a little bit easier, right? But then you're driving to you're driving to Calcutta, and all of a sudden you pass by the American consulate has a big American flag. It's like, and there's some hit, some little hit, like, hmm, I'm not I'm not accustomed to that feeling, <laughs> right? We we haven't put our consciousness to it, but it, now it rep and who knows what it represents? I don't even know what it why I get I got the feeling it represents, but that's because it gets that because of, of these layers and layers and layers of meaning, right? And the other example we often give in common thing is like the, the as it's Easter to. Right now is Holy Saturday. Yesterday was Good Friday, where the Christian Church is meditating on the death and resurrection of Jesus. Right, so you have a cross. A cross is a very powerful symbol, right? Even if you're not Christian, it's a powerful symbol. For a Christian, it's a really powerful symbol. And if you pass out papers, start writing, it means salvation. It means victory over death. It means guilt and sin. It means colonialization. You can start living all variety of things, the unrelated things. But whatever you see a church. You cannot knock at some reaction, and sometimes I mean, I sometimes I see myself. I get some reaction. I'm going. I have no idea what that reaction means, right? Maybe later I'll figure it out. Sometimes it takes 20 years for me to untangle. Oh, that's why I had this weird reaction. So that's the nature of symbolic, uh, powerful religious 
uh, or any type of symbol is because it's layers of layers of meaning, right? Not symbolic as it it, rep, it represents something different. Not quite like that's not what I mean by symbolic. So like we're not representing bathing, meditating on bathing Ganesha is bathing Ganesha, but it's so many things, right? And 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 therefore just thinking or few like I said, it, it takes me an hour to speak it, but it takes nine seconds to do it, right? And that's where it gets its power that it's. In, it's compacted, right? And that's one of the interesting things. This is true of religion in general, but especially this is the specialty of tantra. This is the self-conscious specialty of tantra, that a, a Vedic yajna, right, would take weeks, days for sure, weeks more likely, right? It would be very expensive, very complicated, right? All you have to have four different families of priests, right, doing different Vedas. You'd have to uh, you'd have to have a very rich and pious person to sponsor it, to pay for the whole thing. Uh, gifts would have to be, it's a very complicated thing. And we have faith that it's doing something in the day of the world, and this, it's connecting, it, and we have faith that it, that it does something, right? But it, it says in the tantras, right? Lord Shiva himself says in the tantras, if we accept the tantras as revelation of Lord Shiva, it says, who can do those things now, right? No, nobody has the time to do it, right? Nobody knows how to do it, right? You know, we hear again, oh, the, what is it, the Raja... Rajasurya, that the horse sacrifice, it's called the Rajasurya sacrifice, right? The horse sacrifice, right? We read about it again and again, all the sages, I think that's right, right? I think Rajasurya. I mean, it's, I'm getting part of the words. <laughs> Ashwamedha. Ash, Ash, thank you, thank you. Yeah, what is it? Ashwamedha. Ashwamedha, Asham, Asham, yeah, which is, a, which is a, a Raja sacrifice. The kings would perform these, and we hear, like, like Lord Ram did one, right? The Pandavas did one. Right, you have to, uh, Bali did a hundred or did a thousand, I think, <laughs> in order to, to replace Vishnu. That, that's why Vamana showed up to stop. <laughs> Things are getting a little out of hand. <laughs> yeah, I'm so powerful. I don't even. I, I don't. We don't even need God to run the world. Even I can do a better job. I'm, I'm, I'm sufficient, you know. So, but the idea that it could it could produce tremendous merit, right, by this puja, but it was so difficult to do, and so and it's in every page of the Vedas. It's and through all the Puranas, it seems to be an ancient thing. And so some some uh, scholars from actually in Berkeley, right? Uh, um, Fritz maybe, what's the famous Sanskritist in Berkeley? It's very embarrassing. I went there. I'm I'm, I'm in his legacy. I don't remember the most famous Sanskritist in Berkeley. But anyways, um, he did this huge program where they went to South India and found the last the last village that knew how to do it, right? And they and they videotape. You can find it online. You can they videotape the building of the bricks, the digging of the hole, the searching for soma, the whole, the, all this type of stuff. It's so it's almost dead. There's only one village left, a, a, a family of uh, Brahmins who know how to do it, but they don't know how to do it, right? They kind of knew how to do it. The American scholars who said, no, no, this book says that, so do it now. Do it this way, right? So even the last family didn't know how to do it. And definitely the American scholars didn't know how to do it. They're just trying to match it to the book so they could videotape one version before it's completely gone. Right? So practically speaking, it's impossible. These old Vedic... This is the, this is the claim of the, of the Tantras. Lord Shiva speaks in Mahanabhana Tantra, this, this Pulanavara uh, Tantra Mahanabhana, he makes a statement. Right? It's, they're too difficult to do, they, and we can't do them. We don't know how to do them, and what, what, do, what do they... We don't even know what they do anymore. The purpose of that sacrifice is to have unchallenged reign against your neighbors, that a king would not be challenged. That's actually the purpose of it, right? So if we, if we, we, compose, we do one of those pujas, you know, Pakistan is not going to surrender to India because 
they did a, 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 a the sacrifice. So it doesn't have even if it even if it worked, it doesn't work, right? What are they going to do? Right? The, 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 it was based upon an ancient understanding that that when the horse would be freed, uh, that uh, and we followed by an army, nobody would bother the horse, and that shows the you know it's like that doesn't happen anymore. It, 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 these things don't have any meaning anymore, and if they do, they they don't work. So the claim is this is the claim uh, the, the the radical claim of the tantras. He says, but in this age, where we don't know how to do things, and we don't have the mind to do it, we don't have the education to do it, and if we did it, they don't work anymore, right? These are they're pretty much exactly what he's saying. I'm given a new method. Either Debbie's speaking a new method, or Shiva's speaking a new method. He's giving the, these, these, the new way of, that almost everybody's doing puja now, to the tantras, tantra shastra. He said, what he's doing, I'm, making, I'm putting all the uh, thousands of mantras, the, the potency of, 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 of weeks and weeks of rituals and generations of education into the mantra rim, right? Or something like that. You know, it's like a, you're, comp- you're taking power and compressing into taking all that multivocalic thing where all these things mean everything, and now you can just do a simple thing. So now we do the havan, not the yagya. We may use the same word, but it's not the same thing. Right? What do we do? We draw a yantra. Right, and we we with some powder like that, and we put some sticks, and then we then we vision, then we light a little doom, then we do we put some camphor in the middle, then we light a stick with ghee, and we think that stick is, is the ghee is Lord Shiva, Shiva and, the, and that is Devi, and so with the union of Shiva and Shakti, we light the fire, and that fire then grows, and what has become the entire universe, like the, we recreate the very beginning of the universe where Brahma creates everything through vibration, like 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 we do we doing like the entire like that's that's the Yajurveda and complete almost. But we're doing it in just a few seconds, symbolically, right? That's the, that's that's where the puja gets its its potency, and that's the amazing thing that like we do. I mean, we're just learning ourselves. We've been doing these pujas for years, and people come here to see the pujas done or feel the pujas done. But if it, even if the amazing thing, even if you don't know all these details, or even if you don't you don't know why the flag affects you, right? You know, even if you don't know, if you know. Then you're conscious, so you're 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 self-conscious about stuff, right? Or you studied, or you're intellectual, and you studied the nature of symbolism and and, and government oppression through you know, whatever the thing you have, however you want to do it, right? Um, but uh, it it without knowing, it still works. That's the amazing thing. Knowing it works more, right? And if somebody's doing it properly, and the other people have no idea what the person is doing, it still works. We, our example of this, uh, this is our 25th anniversary of Kali Mandir. And so we've been a lot of time meditating about how it started and who started. And uh, Sviharadhan Chakravarti, his picture is behind here. He was a head priest at Dakshinishwar and he came 17 years before he passed, uh, every year for our annual function. And he did the prana, but he did the first pujas, right? That first puja. And he'd come every year for a big festival. And we knew that. What he do also the way he pronounced we have, we didn't have no idea even myself in study I've been studying puja almost thirty years, right? And I'd watch I'd watch him have no idea where, where he was in the puja the way he pronounced it wasn't clear what he was doing he was doing this but I don't know I couldn't follow what he was doing but still and definitely the rest of the room didn't know what he was doing this is my passion my obsession and I didn't know what he was doing but the whole when he would fly the whole room would fly that's the secret right somehow or another it's worked you know so it's like if somebody uh, opens a, 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 a if, if a, a 
a little violent image, but if you take a, 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 a grenade and throw it into a room and pow, you don't need to know that you don't even need to know that a grenade has been thrown at you. The effect is pow, <laughs> right? It, it, it has an effect. Rosh Hashanah says whether you jump into water or get pushed into water, the effect is the same. Whether you eat a chili knowingly or by accident or by trick, it's going to burn your mouth, right? It's like the the, the thing. It's not just because we believe it works, right? It some it works because it's so much packed into it. This is the this is the this is the like I said the radical claim of Lord Shiva that uh, he goes very far. So that the Vedas have no more value that we don't accept, right? But he means by that the new Vedas are the are, are, are because sure they have value, and but what value now? We can't follow. We don't even know what they mean. We don't even know them anymore. We know when we know Purusha Shuktam, Shri Shuktam, Devi Shuktam, Rudram. That's all we know of the Vedas. We know a few important hymns, and how do we use them? To, to, to obey the Shiva Lingam or pour ghee into a fire. We, do, we use them in Tantric Pujas. We don't do them in Vedic Pujas anymore. The Vedas are used in a Tantric way now. Right? We do Dramba We don't chant the Rudram. We chant um, In the Rudram, a very long, complicated hymn to the chant properly, you have to chant so many times before you get to the next section. It's a very complicated thing. There's a little hidden thing. It says Nama Shivaya. That's where the Om Nama Shivaya comes from. The first time it's found. So out of that whole thing, Shiva said, no, just chant this one. Right? It's the same as chanting Rudram. So now we go, instead of, oh, instead of Om Namo Bhagavate Rudraya Namaste Rudram, you know, all the, the proper swaras to get, get and have the, the achari hit you with a stick every time you make a mistake. You know, that's how we kind of, kind of learn part of the Rudram in the beginning, the beginning of the years with a lot more chastisement and encouragement than how we're chanting. I remember one person said, it said so, you know, thousands of years the, the Brahmins pronounce it this way. If you think you know better, then you can do it differently. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want to change what the what the ancient rishis have given all these thousands of years. But or but now what most people do? Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. That is that is the thing where you take all that and condense it into something. Power, and actually, that's that's um, why the image of a of a of a of a grenade is very good. A grenade is a lot of power in a little tiny space. Right and and because of but because of that, a grenade is dangerous, right? And why there's restriction? Why not not why we don't say a lot of these things out loud? Why they shouldn't be published in books, right? Not because oh my god, not trying to protect or, or trying to make only super pe- group of people doing. There's all kinds of stuff like that. It's because there's we believe and this is our experience that they have a lot of shakti, a lot of a power, a lot of influence, and therefore should be handled with great care, right? Last time. Anyway, thank you for your kind of attention. I got to page five. <laughs> yes, tell me. I think Thakur also makes the same point. Right? Mm. That's what I read with that also. How so? Like, you know, Vedic uh, mm. rites are very difficult to perform because your body is dependent on food, so you should follow the food. Yeah, he also, what did he say that, that about like when you're, when you're dying from typhoid or something? What was that? Uh, the Ayurvedic remedy. Yeah, so the Ayurveda is def- Ayurveda is definitely better than than is it what's the other one? Uh, uh, homeopath, not homeopath. What's the natural? What's the common medicine? Allopathic. allopathic, right? Ayurveda is definitely better than, than allopathic medicine, right? But if you're really sick, right, by the time the the Ayurvedic cures you, you'll be dead. Better take and then he used you know what is it? Uh, the, some, it was a, it's some, some tincture that was available, doctor or something, something, something. Now, Thakur said, now that's required in this time. Right? It almost doesn't work. He said, it's, the other one's better, but 
we don't have the time. Our life, we're too, our, we, we live too short. We don't have the knowledge. We don't have, our disease is very advanced, right? You know, and, and it's very harsh. So we do what we need to do, right? So sometimes you're just like, oh, take, like just take the aspirin. <laughs> Better not to take aspirin, but sometimes you need to take the aspirin or whatever the thing is, you know? So, uh, uh, but we all know the, these, the allopathic medicine, where it may be necessary, but very dangerous. Right, you 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 you, you take you ta- you take Tylenol for too long, you you ruin your 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 uh, your kidneys, right? And all of a sudden you're you're taking Tylenol because your back hurts, and now and, and now you're on dialysis. As we know, people it makes us like I've been taking I've been taking this my whole life for every headache. Like <laughs> headaches are bad, but so is dialysis, you know. So that's the thing is that 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 with these dangerous with these powerful things, right? Uh, they, we have to use them also consciously and not, uh, with, with knowledge and carefully. So that, that's why, I'm not trying to scare like this, but this is the way, this is the text themselves say, the tradition itself, is that these mantras, these pujas should be done. Anybody, the thing about the tantra, anybody can do. And to be from a Brahmin family or male family or education, not like anybody can do, but with proper training, right? And proper understanding, maybe, at least training. <laughs> Right, how to how to work around explosives <laughs> properly. <laughs> you should get your special certification. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for your kind attention. Jai Takur, Jai Ma. Happy uh, uh, Hanuman. We celebrated Hanuman Jayanti yesterday, but today is still Purnima. That's why we still have Hanuman Jayanti. We chanted eleven chalisas in the Sabhavin for him. It was very wonderful. But we can still chant the chalisa tonight for for Lord Hanuman.